the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Gatorsburg, Maryland. Welcome to Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. We pray that through this message, you will learn how to apply God's Word and truth to your life. Stay with us as we discover God's truths that will transform us. When our words line up with what God says, then we're speaking the language of heaven. And that's how part of the way that our relationship with God is improved. Because Amos, the prophet, says in Amos 3, verse 3, can two walk together unless they are agreed? And so you and I need to come into agreement with God, not only with our actions, but also with our words. So to walk with God means that you begin to speak the words of God in your life in positive ways, in ways that transform the way you think and the way that you live. Now, one of the areas where we have the most challenge, I think, in terms of speaking God's word in our life is the area of difficulty and problems. All of us have problems and difficulties at times, and it's very easy, I think, to praise God when things are going well. It's easy to speak the right words, positive words, when everything's lining up in a great way in your life. It becomes far more difficult when life, you're in a trial, you're facing a difficult period of time in your life. And in those moments, we all have this tendency to go negative when life is hard. And so it's in those moments that we need to really understand what God says because you need God in your difficulties. You need God in your trials. You need God in your problems. And so it's important that we're walking in agreement with God when we're going through challenging times in life. And when you're going through a difficult time in your life, you're facing a problem, it's important that you learn to talk to God about your problem, but it's also important that you learn to talk to your problem about your God. Jesus made this very clear. He taught us not only to speak to God about our problems, but to talk to our problems about God. In Mark chapter 11, beginning in verse 22, listen to what he said. So Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, notice what's the word there? Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. By the way, mountains represent problems or obstacles in your life. Jesus, that's exactly what Jesus was referring to. Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says will be done, he will have whatever he... Now, would you begin to agree that your words are fairly important, right? Jesus says that you've got to speak to your mountain if you're going to address this issue in your life. It's not just enough to say, I have faith in God, but take that faith and translate it into what you say to your mountains, how you talk to your problems, and understanding that your words are going to have actually an impact on your problems. Then in verse 24, therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. There we're, we're reinforced in the idea of talking to God about problems. There's a proper way Jesus is giving us regarding our problems. How do you address them in life? And today I'm going to share with you three things that are essential. If you're going to talk to your problems about your God, you've got to understand these three principles. Number one, the first thing today is this. To speak to your problems about your God, you've got to speak courageously. You've got to speak with courage. Courage is an important word. Courage is not the absence of fear. Courage is the willingness to step in the face of fear and move forward. 
We all need courage because we need to courageously tell our problems about our God because we have a confidence in who God is. I want to take you to a story that we've been looking at for the last couple of weeks from the book of 1 Samuel chapter 17. It's the story of David and Goliath. And I want you to listen to what Goliath says to David when David is about to come against him. And here you see some of the strategy of the devil and his work against us. He, that's Goliath, said to David, am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and the wild animals. There was Goliath speaking words to David. We're going to destroy you. You're, this is all over with. You'll never succeed in this situation. And the devil loves to tell you that you're never going to overcome. The devil loves to tell you that you're never going to make it. The devil loves to tell you that this is going to be your undoing. It's extremely important when you're facing a problem in your life that you stand up like David did and say, no, this is not going to destroy me. I'm going to destroy you. And that's exactly what David did. He said, you're an uncircumcised Philistine who's come against the armies of the living God. And today I'm going to slay you and I'm going to cut off your head and feed it to the birds of the sky. And you're, you're going to be, it's not me that's going to be done. It's you that will be done today. There's courage that God wants to give you. Notice Joshua chapter 1 verses 8 and 9. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Notice that. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. You're always speaking it. Meditate on it day and night so you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you'll be prosperous and successful. Then notice what God says to Joshua. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged for the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Let me tell you a little bit about this passage. Joshua now is leading the children of Israel. Moses had died. All the leadership responsibility is on him. It's his job to take the children of Israel into Canaan, the promised land. He's leading for his very first time. Going into Canaan was going to represent a lot of battles that would happen there. And so he's feeling inside inferior and he's feeling afraid. Have you ever felt inferior and afraid in the face of your problem? We all have. That's exactly what Josh was feeling. And there in that moment, God speaks to Joshua and says, here's what you do. Get the word of God on your lips. Meditate on it day and night. Be careful to do everything that's written in it. If you'll do this, you'll be prosperous and successful. And by the way, don't let fear get a grip on you. Be courageous and be strong. I'm going to be with you wherever you go. God called Joshua to have some courage in the face of his problem. God is calling you today to have some courage in the face of your problem. Do not allow fear to intimidate you. 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, Paul writes to Timothy, his protege, his, his mentoree, if you might call him. And he says to Timothy, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. He's reminding Timothy, don't let fear intimidate you and drive you out of God's plan for your life. 1 John 4, 18, where God's love is, there is no fear because God's perfect love does what? Drives out fear. So when you're facing a problem, you you need to rise up with some courage. Let me remind you of something. The devil is a liar. The devil will lie to you all the time and tell you you're not going to make it. He will lie to you and tell you this is going to be your undoing. But always remember this. God is true and the devil is a liar. Okay. I don't say that just in a casual way. I want you to really get this in your heart. There's no truth that ever comes out of the adversary. 
He cannot speak the truth. And so he loves to get your ear and he loves to begin to feed you all the negativity and all the things that would make you afraid. Jesus reminds us of this in John chapter 8, verse 44. He's speaking to the religious leaders of his day and he says, you are the offspring of your father, the devil, and you serve your father very well, passionately carrying out his desires. He's been a murderer right from the start, talking about the devil. He never stood with the one who is the true prince, for he is full of nothing but lies. Lying is his native tongue. He is a master of deception and the father of lies. When the devil shows up in your life and that little self-talk starts inside of you, you're not going to make it. This is going to be your undoing. You'll never get beyond this. This is going to destroy you. You rise up with courage and say, that's a lie. God's truth says he is with me. I will make it. I'm going to stand with courage in the face of my fears. There's an affirmation on your notes today. I want you to read it together with me. In faith and with a heart to obey, I confidently declare I am controlled by faith, not by fear. God's perfect love for me drives out fear in my life. I give my worries and fears to God, and He gives me His peace and works in all my concerns and challenges. Can anyone say amen to that this morning? Okay. See, that's courage that rises up in you. And so how do you address your problems? How do you speak to your problems about your God? You speak how courageously. There's courage in you. Second of all, you speak with authority. Authoritatively tell your problems about your God. Notice again Jesus' words in Mark 11. Listen closely to what he said. So Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. For assuredly, I say to you, whoever says, note that word, whoever says to this mountain, it's an important word, Whoever says to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that those things he says, again, there's a key word, will be done. He will have whatever he says. What word is coming up repeatedly here? Says. Therefore, I I say to you, whatever things you ask when you pray, believe that you receive them and you will have them. Now, there's a key word there. That's the word that I pointed out. That's the word says, okay? Now, sometimes it is helpful for us to get back into the time of Scripture and understand certain words because certain words are are translated a little bit differently in the English language from the original text of the New Testament. And so uh, from time to time, it's helpful to understand what what an original word meant. And so that word says in the Greek New Testament is a word that is much more powerful than we tend to think of. The actual Greek word that is used there literally means this. It is to command or affirm or speak out. Whoever commands this mountain to be removed and cast into the... Whoever speaks out to this mountain, whoever affirms that this mountain needs to be taken up and cast into the sea, it is a word of authority. It applies a sense of authority. What God has given you through Christ as a believer in Jesus Christ, He has deputized you with authority. What is the authority? He's given you the authority of Jesus' name. He's given you the authority of the Word of God. He's given you the authority of the blood of Jesus Christ. That when things come your way and difficulties are faced in your life, that he's given you the authority to rise up in his name and speak to situations, to rise up with his word and speak to situations, and to rise up and proclaim the power of the blood of Jesus over situations. But authority is never going to be of any value to you unless you use it. 
And there are a lot of Christians that are not using the authority that has been given to them. They are what I might call passive believers. But God wants to move you from passivity to a place of standing firm, and I would say appropriately aggressive in the utilization of the authority of the name of Jesus, the Word of God, and pleading and declaring the power of Jesus' blood. There is power, wonder-working power in the precious blood of Jesus Christ. It's not just something we say. There is power in the blood. There's power in the word and there's power in the name but you've got to use that power now when you use your authority you're not commanding God to do something what you're doing is you're commanding your problem you're commanding your circumstances you're commanding your environment to come in line with God's word and in line with God's will you're not telling God what to do you're telling your problem what to do you're utilizing the name of Jesus the word of God and the blood of the lamb Jesus taught us to pray this way in Matthew chapter 6, verses 9 and 10. This then is how you should pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. And then notice this, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. This is more of a statement than it is an ask. He's saying what you need to do when you're praying is proclaim, declare, God, I'm declaring in my life, I'm declaring in my family, I'm declaring in my finances, I'm declaring in my work, I'm declaring in the authority of your name, your kingdom come and your will be done right here on earth just like it is in heaven. I'm not just asking for this. I'm proclaiming it with the authority of your name. Now, this is illustrated to us in a number of different ways. Let me bring you a story from the apostle Paul's life, Acts chapter 16. Paul is in a place called Philippi, and I want you to notice what he does there as he's preaching the gospel in Philippi, Macedonia. He says, once we were going to the place of prayer, we were met by a female slave who had a spirit by which she predicted the future. So there's this young girl that was demon-possessed. She earned a great deal of money for her owners by fortune-telling. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, These men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Let me stop there for a moment. So Paul would go out and preach different places around Philippi. And every time he was preaching, every day, this this girl would show up and start disrupting the crowd, okay? She'd start spouting these things, and and, and it would disrupt Paul's ability to preach the gospel. So she's just got to hang around creating problems for Paul, okay? Verse 18, she kept this up for, what does it say? Many days. days. So this goes on for a period of time. I love this next part. Notice what it says. Finally, Paul became so annoyed. Aren't you glad being annoyed is in the Bible? Aren't you glad? Okay. (laughs) Finally, Paul became so annoyed that he turned around and said to the Spirit, in the name of Jesus Christ, what? What is the phrase there? I command you to come out of her at that moment what happened the spirit we say that was paul i want you to understand something sometimes you have to get so annoyed with something james notice what he says in james chapter 4 7 and 8 submit yourselves then to god resist the devil and what will he do flee from you let me stop there for a moment james treats the devil as the devil needs to be treated as a reality okay the devil is not just some figment of an imagination there's a real devil What I'm telling you, there's an invisible world out here that you and I are living in, and there's the kingdom of God, and there's the kingdom of darkness, and they're at battle, they're at war, and you and I are in that warfare. And so James says, you've got to submit yourselves then to God, put yourself under the authority of God, and resist the devil, that is, make a stand against him, and he will flee from you. Now, that word resist is a key word, because that word resist is a word from which we get our English word, antihistamine, okay? Okay. 
An antihistamine, I'm not a doctor, I can't tell you exactly what an antihistamine does, but somehow an antihistamine, when it gets in your system, it fights against those things that try to make your nose run, your eyes swell up, and all. it's, it's, fight, it's resisting those things that are happening in your body. So Paul says you've got to be an antihistamine Christian. You've got to resist the devil, knowing if you'll stand in opposition of him, he will flee from you. And then it says, now come near to God, and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts, you double-minded. Now... You've got to be authoritatively aggressive in your spiritual journey. Because if you don't, I promise you this, the devil will push you around. Are you hearing me? Okay. Passive people always get pushed around. And so you've got to be aggressive, spiritually aggressive. Jesus spoke of this in Matthew 11, 12. From the moment John stepped onto the scene until now, Jesus speaks here. The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and, and passionate people have taken hold of its power. You've got to have some passion inside of you. You've got to learn to engage your praise over your problems. You and I have to learn to praise God in the face of our problems. The most powerful words, listen, the most powerful words that will ever come out of your mouth are the words of praise. The most powerful words. Because if you're going to live in victory, you've got to learn to praise God. Praise is what lifts you above your mountains. Sometimes you might speak to a mountain and it may not move, okay? You ever spoken to a mountain before? A problem, it didn't go away, okay? But here's the good news. Even when you speak to a mountain and it may not necessarily move immediately, praise will lift you above it, okay? Praise will lift you over it. Praise will still help you get beyond what you're dealing with in terms of its devastating effect upon your life. Because even if mountains don't move, praise causes you to move higher, Even if the mountains don't move, praise causes you to move higher. Why? Because there are three things praise will do for you. Praise always changes your perspective. When you begin to praise God, you stop looking at your problem and you start looking at God who is your solution. You You cannot truly praise God and be looking at your problem at the same time. You have to shift your perspective from your problem to your God. And so praise does that. Second thing that praise does is it always welcomes God's presence. Every time you praise God, God shows up. Notice Jesus himself practiced praise. Matthew 14. As evening approached, the disciples came to him and said, this is a remote place. It's always get, already getting late. Send the crowds away so they can go to the villages and buy themselves some food. Jesus replied, they do not need to go away. You give them something to eat. Let's stop there for a moment. Jesus has been with a whole bunch of people all day long teaching. And now he looks out and says, you know, these guys are really, really hungry. And we need to feed them. Hey, disciples, let's give them some food. Okay. Now, just think with you for a moment. You're one of the disciples. You're thinking, uh, is he talking to you? Right, where are we going to get food for? Okay. As we'll see in just a moment, there are 5,000 men, plus the women and the children that were there. And so this is what seems like a very impossible request. The need is bigger than the supply. Have you been there before? And notice what happens next. Very important part of the story. You know it, but listen to it again. We have here only. Everybody say only. Only creates an awareness of your limitation. We have here only five loaves of bread and two fish, they answered. Bring them here to me, he said. And he directed the people to sit down on the grass, taking the five loaves and the two fish and looking up to heaven. What, did, what was the first thing he did? What did he do? He gave thanks. Now stop there for a moment. And then he broke the loaves. They brought to Jesus five loaves and two fish. There were 5,000 men plus women and children. There could have been 15,000, 20,000 people there that day. 
and he's got five loaves and two fish. Big need, small supply. But what was the first thing that Jesus did? What did he do? Before he broke the bread, what did he do? He gave thanks. Here's a principle that I saw in this I hope you'll get in your life. Sometimes when you look at your life, you just don't have enough to meet the need that is before you. And the tendency that we all have is to look at the need and forget the resource we have, okay? Jesus looked at what it was given to him, and he looked up to the Father and said, Lord, I thank you for what you've given me. I'm not going to look for a moment at the need. I'm going to thank you for what you've provided. I'm going to thank you. It may seem like a little, but God, with, with you, a little can become a lot. And so, Lord, I'm going to thank you and praise you. I'm going to honor you and worship you for what you've provided for me because I know that what you provided is going to be enough. It's going to get me through. See, that's what praise does. Praise looks at what you have. It doesn't look at what you don't have. It looks at what you have, and you give thanks to God for what you have. And we know this story. Of course, as they began to distribute the bread and the, and the fish, everybody ate, everybody was satisfied, and God took a little bit, and he made it a lot. But the turning point was the point of praise. Are you hearing me this morning? John chapter 11, verse number 40, down through verse 44. Listen to this story. Then Jesus said, did I not tell you that if you believe, you will see the glory of God? And so Jesus is with Martha and Mary, and their brother Lazarus has died. They put him in the tomb. He's been dead for four days. He's already decaying. So they're at this tomb. So they took away the stone. Then Jesus looked up and said, what did he say? Father, I what? So we've got an open tomb with a man that's not only dead, but he's decaying. And Jesus is going to raise him. He's, he's promised to raise him from the dead. What is the first thing that Jesus does? He gives thanks. He praises God. In the face of death, in the face of decay, what does Jesus do? Can you do the same? Can you praise God in the face of that? Why? Because that's where your miracle is. And then he says, I thank you that you have heard me. I know that you always hear me, but I said this is for the benefit of the people standing here. that They may believe that you sent me. When he had said this, Jesus called in a loud voice. Now here's the authority. Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet wrapped with strips of linen and a cloth around his face. Jesus said to them, take off the grave clothes and let him go. The miracle of resurrection happened because it started with praise. Paul practiced it in his life. Acts 16. After they'd been severely flogged, this is again Philippi, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received their orders, these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. So now they've been beaten for preaching the gospel, just short of their life, thrown in the inner prison, and they're fastened with stocks. It's, it's late at night. And the Bible says in verse 25, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God. What did they choose to do in their problem? Praying, singing hymns to God's praise. And the other prisoners were listening to him. You know that people are listening to what comes out of your mouth. Okay? They're listening for what you're doing in the midst of your problem. Are you praising or are you complaining? So the other prisoners were listening to them. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. You know that praise will break chains in your life? 
Notice Psalm 150. Praise the Lord. Praise God in His sanctuary. Praise Him in His mighty heaven. Praise Him for His mighty works. Praise His unequaled greatness. Praise Him with the blast of the ram's horn. Praise Him with the lyre and harp. Praise Him with the tambourine and dancing. Praise Him with strings and flutes. Praise Him with a clash of cymbals. Praise Him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord. In six verses, 13 times the word praise is used. In six verses, 13 times we're exhorted to praise. Ephesians 1, notice verse 3, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realms because we are united with Christ. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. This is what he wanted to do, and it gave him great pleasure So we praise God for the glorious grace he has poured out on us who belong to his dear son. That gives you a lot of things to praise God for. When you're facing problems in your courage, you need to stand up in the authority that Jesus has given you. The authority of his name, the authority of his word, and the authority of his blood. And when you're facing problems in your life with your head lifted high, your shoulders thrown back, and the authority of God at work in your life, you then begin to praise God in the face of it. And that's where victory comes. You've told God about your problems. You're telling your problems about your God. And I promise you, either the mountain will move or you'll move over the mountain and you'll move forward with your life. Amen? Perhaps as you have been listening to today's broadcast, you felt a stirring in your heart, something that reminded you that you need to get something right in your life with God. The first way to start in that journey with God is to open your heart to Jesus Christ, to make Him the Lord of your life, to turn over all your life to Him. And that begins with a very simple prayer. I want to lead you in that prayer right now, and it's a prayer that you can pray right where you are. Say these words, Jesus, I invite you into my life today to forgive me of all my sins. I need you. I want you. I want you to take charge of my life. Be my Lord and Savior in Jesus' name. Now, if you just prayed that prayer with me, I want to encourage you with a promise from God's Word that says, when we call on God's name, when we call on the name of His Son, Jesus, there is salvation that is brought to our lives. He changes us from the inside out. And the Bible says that if any person is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things pass away. Behold, all things become new. And that's what's happened to you today as you've opened your heart to Christ. Let me encourage you. You need to take the next step. The next step is to make sure that you get into a good Bible-believing church where you're studying God's Word. And make sure you get a copy of God's Word and begin to read it. Spend some time each day in prayer. You've been listening to the teaching ministry of Practical Living with Dale O'Shield, Senior Pastor of Church of the Redeemer in Maryland. If you would like more information, please visit our website at church-redeemer.org. May God bless you and make you a blessing. Coming to theaters April 29th and 30th. American men have been lied to. Dr. Tony Evans squares off. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.